Okay, welcome back. Episode 10. The final episode of this series. Double digits, baby. <laughs> and we're going to stop. <laughs> For now. Yeah. Um, so from last week, we were talking about management. Um, anything you wanted to follow up on on that? No, not really. No. I don't know whether that's just because we've forgotten what we said or... <laughs> I think it, I think it's because we're planning the episodes more. That's what I'm going to put it down to. And by we planning, you mean you, you're planning. Yeah, I write <laughs> I write the notes on the tube on the way here. <laughs> <laughs> and I just I just read them out. It's a pretty, pretty good uh, setup for me, to be honest. Um, but the other thing we did want to say is um, about the f- ways to give feedback. So now um, we have had, since the last episode, we've had set up uh, an email address... Reddit and Twitter, uh, all of which I'll put we'll put in the show notes again. I guess we might as well. Yep. Uh, to link them, but um, if you want to send an email, Jas and Rich at wildtruetalk.fm is where to go. Wild True Talk on Reddit and Wild Talk on Twitter, because for unknown reasons, Twitter removed the true from our fake news from our uh, Reddit name. We're not fake news. The main question I have for you, actually, is why your Reddit karma is so bad. <laughs> Minus one or whatever. Jas couldn't set up the uh, subreddit because he, he just trolls people on Reddit all day. About... I, I, I wish it was some sort of nefarious. Is, I was like, is it I'm just, just inactivity? No, I think it's from when we had when we were doing our chats, uh, our, that extension we did a while ago. Uh, the project. Yeah, and yeah. we were talking about it. And for whatever reason, somebody didn't like what I said. So, so they gave me a negative karma. Okay. It's only minus one, so it's literally one oh, it's negative. Minus one. Yeah. I thought when you sent it, I thought you might be at like minus 10,000. <laughs> I am actively uh, just trying to troll people. You need but to no. put some cat pictures up and then you need to boost <laughs> it. Yeah, I thought about it. Actually, one guy I knew when I'd said that my karma was negative, he was like, I'll go find those old posts and just mark them positive to give you it. But after a certain time, I think. I don't know if it's Reddit specific, subreddit specific or just across the board. Well, as long as you're not a troll, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, but I couldn't, which was really annoying. And I was like, I could, I could set up a new account, <sighs> but I was like, no. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Thankfully, I'm blessed with a lot of karma on Reddit <laughs> because I think I've I've uh, hoard some in the past, I think. But... Yeah. Could you, I, every now and again, I'm like, I could make a funny comment here just to try and get some, but I'm just like, yeah. can't be bothered. Cat picture, uh, but it was. I was. I was interested. I didn't really think look at it up anymore. But I don't know why Twitter decided we couldn't have true in our uh, Twitter oh, yeah. handle. Maybe we can find that out. I'm. I'm wondering whether they just literally strip out like keywords of JavaScript from their website as yourself. <laughs> Maybe it's either something to do with fake news or it's something they're like. What's the word? Escaping. Yeah. Like. Uh, I wondered like whether it was that our string because it because it's sort of like yeah. If yeah, maybe you can't have drop or. Or... Yeah, I wonder if you put <laughs> false in one, it would do the same, or undefined, or something like that. Mm. Whether they would, or it might be something specific with true, but I don't know why. I guess because it's like maybe because it's like saying that something's true. I don't. I I really wouldn't have thought the word true is that sensitive. Bizarre, but anyway. Yeah, there we go. But we're there. So yeah, we're all there. Happy to to have any and all feedback. Um, the, and we so in the Reddit we're doing it the standard way. We've got a post per episode. You know, comment under that. We'll try and keep an eye on it if anybody wants to say anything. So today, uh, you want to talk about focusing at work, we're calling it. Yeah. Um, do, you want to, do you want to talk about that? <laughs> yeah. So fo- focusing at work, sometimes referred to as deep work, which when I said to Jas earlier on, he was like, what are you talking about? There's that some sort of buzzword, Yeah. which I re- then realised it is. It's the name of a book by a guy called Cal Newport. Mm. which I read 
two and a half years ago, maybe. Um, and basically, the the a lot of what we're going to talk about is sort of some of the ideas in that book. But in general, it's quite an important thing for programmers because it is sort of a focused getting in the zone is kind of another way of saying it, I guess. Mm. So, yeah, I was going to start off by asking you how you think you do in terms of focusing. Uh, again, I get to what you mean by focusing, I suppose. So I'm so really I'm talking about programming. So if you're on the phone, I'm like. I guess you can be focused or unfocused on the phone, but by definition, you're probably focused because the other person's there. Mm. But um, yeah, I guess focus maybe isn't the right word. Like how much, how well do you get in the zone? Yeah, and, when you're and, coding and specifically around coding. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things that I suppose when you're in it, you just sort of get on with it. You don't really, I guess, you know when you're not in the zone. Yeah, but you sort of when you're in it, it just everything just ticks along nicely i suppose yeah some when, people call that they call that flow state but i like your definition of it ticks along nicely <laughs> there's it's like there's like proper terminology it's it's called flow state where like every where you're in the zone and you just don't really notice right yeah okay and it's all just going well yeah i i, I feel as well like losing track of time is a good indicator of whether you're in that zone or yeah not. so if you're losing track of time then you're probably in it yeah, yeah. because you're not concentrating on the time yeah. or anything else yeah. or other things to distract you, I suppose. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've, uh, reading your notes, the, the big standout for me and something that I completely agree with is around uh, context switching and how that is bad for that yeah. flow, right? That 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 in the zone feature because, you know, getting interrupted with anything, whether it's a different problem or, you know, somebody coming over to talk to you or whatever, it is going to, it is definitely disruptive. Yeah. Um, and the other part of it, I guess, as well with that is you you have that situation where you're in the middle of a you're in the middle of a stream of thought of like how you're going to solve a problem. The con- switching to talk to somebody about something else is bad. The other bit that's bad is that you could lose the solution that you had in your head because you rarely write them down before you do them. Right? Yeah, yeah. I've had that a few times, which is that's more for me. That's more frustrating than the context switch. I, I'm happy to context switch if that's what's required, yeah. but I lo- I. The frustration is in losing the potential solution or particular, you know, bit that you're working on. You're like, what the hell was I doing here? I've completely forgotten yeah. what I was doing, that sort of piece. I guess programming isn't the only thing that has this these sorts of attributes. It's mm. kind of any creative. I'm sure UX would be similar or lots of things. It's, it's, I think some people call it creative work. I've, I do, I've done a bit of video editing and obviously podcast editing. That's similar, maybe not as bad. But you, I, in terms of the context switching, I, I would assume it would apply to any job that requires concentration on one task. Yeah, basically. Because yeah. at any point, getting out of that task and going to a different task and then coming back, there's going to be some loss of efficiency, I suppose. Yeah. And pro- programming, like you say, has a lot of like internal state in your mm. mind where you're not writing things down and you've not put it in code. You're just thinking or you're halfway through making a code change which is in seven files and you're on file three and then someone comes over and you're like uh oh yeah <laughs> this is bad yeah for sure so I th- yeah i think it is but yeah i never i never really think about i mean i guess part of what you want to talk about today is um how to optimize that uh being in the zone or yeah. focus focus um and, and as when i'm thinking about that you know there's very i've never actively thought at you know uh, about things to optimize that i just oh gosh we might we might be about to revolutionize <laughs> jazz we might gosh but you know i think um 
just as a side discussion, we might come back to it later. But but for me, um, you know, being at home is somewhere that I struggle to 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 work effectively. That's amazing. That's really interesting because I'd say that's probably the place where I'm most effective, depending on what I'm working on. Mm. But location is quite an important thing of this actually i think mm. because it determines who else is there and all sorts of other things to do with distractions so my so i used to not really think about this stuff and then i read this book i'd read a few things before about it and i changed what i was doing and one of the reasons i wanted to talk about it was because it's a bit like dieting and exercise in a way i have periods where i'm really good at this and i do see really good results like i get a lot more work done in a shorter period of time but then I'll slip back into bad habits and I'll yeah. sort of stop practicing it. And I would say overall, though, I practice some of the things quite consistently and some of them not so consistently. So I guess some of them have have easily fallen into your work routine, where others yeah. you have to try harder, which I guess is exactly, similar to yeah. diet and exercise. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like a few things like I now do, like, for example, I changed all the notifications on my phone once. And that actually has made a really big difference to work as well as other life. But it that's that's one of the things that's difficult about this conversation. It's a lot of the things we're going to talk about. Some of them are actually to do with your personal life as well, but they yeah. can affect your performance, like how much coding you can get done. But I guess you, you could argue that it would it's a general life improvement, things like that, right? Yeah. Reducing the number of notifi- notifications you're getting on your phone has benefits across personal and work life. So the, the same guy, Cal Newport, he wrote another book, which he released about two or three months ago called... I think it's called digital minimalism and it's basically about that stuff. So it's, it's not about work. It's about the, you know, like how phones are dominating our lives. And I think not everybody agrees. Like I think, uh, I think, you know, and you're actually very good with this stuff in a way. I know that because Jas never replies to my WhatsApps. But (laughs) (laughs) But I, I don't think you're a slave to your phone as much as other people. We actually compared our screen times, didn't we? Yes, we did, which was very interesting. And I think I was a fair bit... I was a bit worse than you in terms yeah. of... Uh, Although our Reddit time was weirdly the same. Yes, exact to the yeah. minute. Yeah. Oddly. Which was very weird. Creepy. Yeah. But I think you're I think you're quite good at moderating things. I'm very much an all or nothing, all in. Like, that's the reason that I've never tried hard drugs or smoking, because I'd just... Be game over. It would just be game over, <laughs> probably in week one. So I'm kind of... I do fall quite hard for things and my phone has, as with a lot of people I see around me, like it's it's becoming a big problem and people are starting to talk about it. But I think in two or three years time, I think the reason that Apple and um, Google have added it to their operating systems is they can see what's going to happen. Yeah. And I remember listening to a podcast or reading something and someone was, it was about five years ago before sort of smartphones had really, maybe around the time, is that like iPhone 4, 5? Okay. Uh, maybe it was around the time iPhone 4, 4S. And they were saying, they were talking about Silicon Valley and they were basically saying that they see a lot of people at the bus stop and they've all got a phone shoved in front of their face and they're, they're hunched over. And I remember thinking, well, that sounds really weird. Yeah. Like, I, I actually owned, I think I owned an iPhone 4. But I was you like, did, yeah, I remember you having one. Yeah, yeah and I, I remember thinking, that's really strange that like they were like almost everybody's doing it. And now when I think back to that quote, I'm like, Oh yeah, you That's look around. Happened. That that is just what it is now. Like everywhere yeah. in the world that you go, and like it doesn't matter where you travel. Even if you go to like places where they, you know, they don't have, they're not as wealthy as in the West. It's still the same thing. So it's kind of it's kind of interesting how it's changed. And I think it's maybe it's a good. Obviously, there's loads of benefits, but there are some downsides. And I think it affects how much 
like people's productivity and how much useful stuff they can get done in per- in personal and in work time. I guess there's never been there's never been a a device or product before that's had that has had the potential to have this big an impact, right? Like I can imagine when television first started getting popular that there would be similar concerns about how much time people are watching, but at the end of the day back in whenever this would be, I don't know, 50s or 60s, they were still in your house and half of the time you're not in your house. Yeah. So I wonder, you know, it, it really is that... And it's funny that we've sort of we've sort of lived through the, that phase that you described where everyone just had a phone and used it when they needed it to to then seeing people being on it all the time. Yeah. We've lived through that and it's it's easy to not see it, but I think actually being aware of it and then talking about it and then trying to solve uh, the issues of spending a lot of time on it is is really important and yeah the first step to it is acknowledging that there's a problem and i speak to some people and i think they think i'm a bit nuts about wasn't well, they think they don't there's not an issue they don't really see it i think the thing i always say to people is if you don't think you have a problem if you have a partner or someone you spend a lot of time with look at them and see if you think they have a problem and then reflect that onto mm. yourself because i think it's a lot easier to see it in other in people, some, in other people yeah. where you're trying to have a conversation with them and they're not really paying attention because you know they're flicking through a feed yeah and, you, yeah. and and then you think, oh, actually, sometimes I do that as well, or you know, like- yeah. I mean, I, I've never, I've never had that, but I, you know, I would say it is still, you know, it's impressively rude to be just scrolling through some sort of social media if somebody's talking to you. But that is quite normal now, and I don't, and I think the thing is as well because it's so normal, it's become it was it was rude, and I think it's become less rude. Wow, because I, 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 I would honestly say that there aren't many people that I know that I, I. That has happened to at least in person. I mean, obviously, you can be on the phone to somebody and they can be doing that. Yeah. Um, but we these things are just distraction. But but another part, sorry, to to saying if, if people don't think it's an issue, the really good thing about screen time, particularly on iOS, is that it tracks all of this without you wanting it to. Yeah. So if you haven't touched your phone since you've got the latest iOS with screen time, you can go into screen time like we did. Turn it on. Well, you know, um, not the limits, but the tracking is all opt- is all is already oh, enabled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can literally be like, "Oh, I wonder how much I use my phone. Let me compare it to my significant other, my friends." Yeah. Just bring it up and have a look at it and just see see the comparison. Um, you know, it might be quite interesting if if it's not too personal for us to put the comparison between mine and yours in the show notes, just so then people can see yeah. the comparison. I'm halfway through a week. Am uh, I halfway? I think if you look at my week's history, I've changed. Uh, my behaviour a lot by locking things down with screen time mm. this week, so we'll be able to see the drop off in. Yeah, it's a shame we don't have it from before and then like an, like a before and after of. I think there will be a little down. bit of before, but like a few days. Yeah, and it was pretty consistent. Like I'm, I'm I think I average around five hours, which is, which seems crazy. Like you're spending five hours with your phone screen physically on, yeah. but I think it's probably not that abnormal depending on people's like what what they do. Yeah, and I think you know. Uh, we're talking a lot specifically about this one problem, but it, it's a really big, like you say, it's a big problem personally and professionally, but, you know, reducing the number of notifications as well. Another thing that screen time um, tracks, it makes a really big difference, I think, you know, yeah. um, whether it's a case of removing apps that are notifying you useless stuff or whether it's just what I try and do is ignore them a bit more. So, for example, when I'm at work, I will I always have my phone on my desk. So, yeah, okay, it's in I it's in my eye line, but if I'm busy, i.e. in the zone, mm-hmm. um, 
it buzzing isn't going to put me off as much as it is if it's in my pocket mm. because I don't. I'm not going to feel it. Oh, I don't. I see. I think that's a bit of a double edged sword because you can see it. You yeah, but I'm it. not saying like it's in front of me. It's you know. It's, I generally have you know like a little stack of documents or whatever. I don't really put it on that because it, it the paper tends to absorb yeah. the vibrate as well. Does um, knowing that you have a notification if you see it flash up on the screen, but not knowing what it says, not kill you inside there? No. You know, there's no text. See, this is what I'm saying. Jas is he's 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 good at this stuff whereas for me I'm like well I kind of I might see the name of who it was and then I'll be like oh and then I at least think about it mm. and then that's a, potentially even that's a problem you're, you're maybe not knocked out of like being like in the zone but you're, you're like halfway there even if you your brain acknowledges that a notification happened for me I, yeah. I struggle a lot yeah I, again I'm talking like so this is in sort of normal day to day work where I'm not expecting anything so, you know, it, it could be having a different situation where, you know, I'm expecting somebody to message and it's important. Oh, okay. I, you know, you know, those sort of things. But in day to day, my day to day life, anyone who's messaging me is generally just either wanting to chat or ask me something that's not critical. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that can change. And particularly if we talk about notifications from uh, your work yeah. messaging system, it's different, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm definitely not. But Close. I, I, try not, <laughs> I try not to. I try not to get too distracted, but obviously that's, you know, definitely is easier said than done at times. Yeah, it's hard. I think it's really, I think the problem is as well is that I know that I sort of think, oh yeah, I just wouldn't be distracted. But then I know that I think if I actually like set up a video camera, probably actually I would pick it up more times than I would think I would and not really even notice that it had happened. And that's another good thing that iOS tracks. Again, I don't know about Android. It notifies, it monitors pickups as well. And then the first app that you open every time you pick up your phone, that's a really useful stat. So again, um, if you haven't used that uh, or haven't looked at that, those stats, those stats are all just there. So I would definitely recommend looking at it because I think think you didn't know about the pickups bit and we went through that. Yeah, I have a lot of WhatsApp pickups, Mm. like a lot. I think that's the only thing. My notifications are really locked down on my phone. I've done like a pretty good job. So I think I only, when I spend money on my bank card, I get one, which is useful. And I get one. And normally that's not a disruption because I'm spending money. So you're already doing something else. Not always, but usually that's the case. If it was something online, maybe that's not true. Mm. But um, like a subscription or something. But yeah, and then WhatsApp. And that is more or less it actually for me. I think those are the only two. So I know, um, you know, if, if you listen to Hello Internet, I think uh, CGP Gray's talked a lot about his phone. I, I'm I'm listening to the old ones, and he's even then he's talking a lot about how few apps he has on his phone that yeah. notify him, particularly email for him. Yeah. Which again, this is you know the ones I'm listening to are from like four years ago, so things like Slack didn't really exist and stuff. But um, yeah, it's clear it's clearly a problem, and it's clearly something we need to to solve but then if we sort of segue a little bit into okay you fixed all of your sort of personal life notifications you then still have the issue of yeah well you're using slack at work or yeah. some other terrible chat system um internally if whatever organization you're working in microsoft teams skype for business they're all pretty bad at this actually yeah. slack is so like slack's business model is like based on people using slack and paying for seats mm. so slack has no incentive to not notify you they want to get you in Slack replying to messages and using it yeah. so that you're an active seat and it becomes, they can expand through companies. They don't want someone to drop off because they don't get notifications. And so Slack is actually very in your face yeah. and you you can, conf- by default, you can configure it differently, yes. but it doesn't really want to be configured that way. 
in my opinion. And it's it's very it's very instant still. Even though you've got the channels, it's very much like, you know, you get the knock, knock, knock sound. And it's kind of, yeah. there's a culture, I think, in a lot of companies of like, I slack someone, they should reply to me. Like Yeah, which is bad. More or less there and then, which is a... Which is a bit, yeah, because even if even if you like throw your phone in a well, you there are still, yeah, like you say, a number of other things like you're going to have to talk on Slack. People could, well, if you work in an office, people can walk over to you. Yeah. Um, like there's, and there are some of these things that depending on your working environment. So because I'm quite lucky because I work remotely or I can work from home, I can more or less control my environment close to a hundred percent. If I'm working for a company at that time then I control it a little bit less mm. because they might be like, like the last company I worked for had Skype and they would message me and I couldn't just not reply for like two hours. So I never turn it off. They just didn't message me very often. So that was kind of okay. Yeah. But yeah, like you're kind of, you have constraints based on your scenario. Yeah. And, and again, you know, I guess the, the, the thing with this context switching is the difference between asynchronous and synchronous communication, right? Yeah. So, you know, for a programmer or anybody sort of busy doing stuff, asynchronous communication is the way to go, right? Because it means you get to reply when you want. Yes. Uh, and synchronous and is like they're expecting you to reply there and then. So. Yeah, so synchronous communication is obviously somebody coming up to you and talking to you. Uh, a problem I have with Slack and Skype for Business, I guess, and, and Microsoft Teams and those sort of things is they're, they're, trying, to, they're trying to enforce synchronous communication on you in a in a different way to something like email, which is purely asynchronous. Yeah. And although a lot of people when Slack came out think it's, you know, thought that was a, it's a, it's a game changing application. And in some ways it is, you know, the things like the channels and stuff are very powerful. The problem is, is like you say, is that their, their focus is on getting you to use it as much as possible. So what they're trying to do is get in your face mm. to, in, to actually actively interrupt you to have a more synchronous chat with people rather than this sort of asynchronous, oh, I'll get back to you when I can type thing. Synchronous chatting can be good. Yes, definitely. So like, and meetings, I guess, are uh, the ultimate synchronous mm. chat. Like we, you and I schedule time or have an ad hoc meeting and we do synchronous communication if it's just talking like like it's synchronous right now. Yeah. Or yeah, on the phone or on whatever, on chat for like half an hour to like, and that is work, but it's not, uh, like focused, like uh, I don't know what the word is, but like it's not the same sort of work. Like it's not creative individual work. No, it's uh, yeah, I don't know what the word would be. No, yeah, it's like being on a call for a meeting is work. It's just that's not the type of work. Like I, I don't think there's not a distraction problem so much with those things, and there's not the same cost to context switching because it's mm. just humans are quite good at communicating, but. In today's shiny society, we're not so good at sitting still and doing work for a couple of hours, yeah. like getting a bunch of code done. But um, yeah, there's another tool uh, called Twist, um, which is quite a small one, so I'll give it a plug. But we used to use that, and it's it's basically it's similar to Slack, has channels, but then within the channels you have threads. So so in in a in a Slack channel, if you've used it, it's just you know anyone can message, and there are messages, and it does have threads, but they're a bit. Yeah, you then, could start a thread off any message, can't you? Yeah, so in this, it looks more like an inbox where you go into a channel and then you can see all the threads, almost like you can emails. And then in there, there's a bunch of chats. Yeah. So you could be like, in the dev channel, you could be like, oh, I've got this problem, can anyone help me? And then people can can reply to that thread and it's all about one topic. Yeah, And it makes asynchronous communication. And by default, it doesn't pester you anywhere near as much. 
And so it makes asynchronous communicate. Because on Slack, the problem is someone messages you in a group chat, come back two hours later, and there's like 50 other messages yeah. about something else. You have to where's your reply? Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it's just an absolute mess. Whereas with this, it's like that thread will still be there. They could have tagged you. It will still be waiting for you. And it's much... We switched to it, and it was much better for us when we switched. That's interesting. I, yeah, I've not heard of that one. It's a really small one, and it was a bit buggy, and it was early days when we were using it about a year ago. But the idea of it, I, I can see, is like yeah. it's better. But it, the problem is, is it requires buying from your whole team. Yeah. So like big organizations that are used to using Slack in a certain way, it's going to be weird for them. I wonder. I wonder how many like properly large organizations are using Slack, because I don't. I just don't see how. I guess. You would just have a lot of private chats, uh, private channels, sorry, because your public channels, like the whole organization can see, right? So if you're in like a, I don't know, even a company of like a hundred people, yeah, like it would become such a mess of maintenance. Yeah, I, so I, I wonder how it would scale. Yeah, so I worked in a company um, where there was like maybe a hundred to two hundred people, and they had a Slack, and it was used really heavily, and there was a lot of channels, yeah, mm-hmm. and it was a bit of a mess, and the channels with everyone in became like almost like not really usable yeah and it's it was messy and it, it was okay i mean the thing is with slack is compared to what came before it, it's still a big improvement but it almost it almost makes chatting fun and pleasant to the point where it actually makes the problem worse mm-hmm. like in the days when you and i went to work after we graduated and we were using office communicator actually i, I was about to say you just wouldn't message people for fun. But that's what me and all my friends that joined yeah. at the same time did do for about the first two years <clears throat> but, we but, weren't there. <laughs> but Office Communicator, I guess, uh, and what is now Skype for Business, solve the, they have the, they have, they solve, uh, well, Slack has this as well. You know, it's the same issue, but but Slack adds an extra feature, right? And the, the feature that Slack adds is the channel, which is persistent groups, right? Yeah. Whereas Skype for Business gives you group chat, but at the point where that chat closes, it's done. If you're lucky and you've got Outlook, it will save that yeah. message, but you can't go back to it and carry on the conversation. The other main thing it added, I think, was um, very like what I'd call like rich content. So mm-hmm. like GIFs, emojis, even docs, right? Being able to load docs. Yeah, like like integrations, and it just and it just looks really nice and appealing, and I think that keeps you chatting more. Yeah. Like. Now um the the place my co-working they they have a slack and they are they are kings of the gift they send they basically communicating uh, some high level in gifts you know it's, <laughs> it's a different world to sort of that you know old school Skype office communicator mm. that we can not even do emojis properly no I think now it's sort of better but um so oh, something I was going to say so on the note on for slack with notifications I forget the default behavior, but when you join a channel, does it notify you on every single message? Possibly, yeah. Because I know you can change it to be like only when they say it, it mentions, mentions your name. Yeah, when they tag you. Um, which is better, but you still have the problem, like you were saying, where if, if somebody doesn't thread off, yeah, then there could be 100 messages in there and you've got to work through them all to see the answer that you were looking for. Yeah. yeah. The I mean, these distractions are just... I mean, I think working in a team with an active Slack when you're trying to code, if they're expecting you to reply, a lot of it's to do with culture and the expectation. So in my company, when I was running it, I said to the guys, I expect you to reply in roughly within two hours. Yeah. But we had some clients that'd be like, what the hell are they doing? Are they even working? And I'm like, well, they are working. They're just... Actually working. We can't have a culture where everyone has to reply in 10 minutes because otherwise they're always going to just get interrupted all the time and you lose... 
really all of this conversation is massively predicated on the fact that being in flow or in the zone is massively important. Yeah. I think once you real once you realise that and then you realise how much you're getting knocked out, I think the next thing people might have is saying, well, it doesn't really affect me that badly. And I think that they're almost certainly wrong. I think unless they work on their own with no other people and they have their phone and like, you know, read it on their computer and everything in check, probably that's not true because... I noticed, like, if I have some, like today, I had to write a slightly bit of harder code. I had some easier code I had to do, and I didn't have any problems getting that done. And then there was something that was harder. And then I just randomly opened a tab in my browser and went to look at the news, because that was easier than solving the difficult problem I had in front of me. I I noticed myself, I don't do it often, but sometimes I think, God, that's a bit of a pain. Or I've got to edit, like, 30 files with some boring change, and I think, well, I'll just see, you know, what's what's going on. Take a break or... Yeah. Saying, right? Yeah. So, like in the book, he's very pro people working for two hours solid in two hour blocks. And I don't know about you. That's a long time. That's a long time for me. I've tried it a couple of times. But, but difficult. What, enforcing yourself to not get sidetracked. I set a timer and I. So, we should probably talk about like what I think an ideal setup is. Yeah. And half of this stuff you're going to listen to me saying, you're going to go, well, I can never do that. And maybe some of the things you can do, maybe some of the things you can't. So, Which I guess is part of what you were saying, right? Some of these things you can get into your work routine quite easily and others yeah. are more difficult. So go on, yeah. So the first thing is, um, let's just assume you're working on your own so you don't have to talk to anyone else. So now other people aren't a problem. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really big assumption. But yeah, so you should probably work in either a room like an office in a building like do you know what i mean not not an open plan office because like open a, yeah, plan like is a one desk that. office yeah like a one desk office or say in your bedroom at home where yeah. again there's no one there with no other people around and the door shut so you're just kind of on your own basically so you're isolated then i would have my phone so it doesn't get notifications or i put it in another room or i put it in airplane mode and put it face down mm-hmm. so it's just it can't physically make a noise yeah it's not going to do anything and then i would probably lock certain websites which i know i just randomly like to open because i'm addicted to them like maybe reddit hacker news that kind of thing yeah i would i i have um there's an app called focus for mac but there's tons of different ones and basically you can press a button and it it stops you going on those websites and it stops you opening certain apps on your computer yeah so you can make it shut slack and i would close all sort of communication tools and things like that and then i would sit there and i would do work for like I can't make two hours, but like an hour and a half, maybe. An yeah. hour and a half, if you don't do anything else, feels like an eternity <laughs> these days. Yeah. It, I mean, I'm not, I'm actually, I'm not actually, I mean, we've known each other for a long time. I'm not actually really a very focused person. Like I was thinking, Jess came to my co-working to work, to work together. And it reminded me at university of how much we just chatted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. we, I don't, I think I'm a bit worse than you, but like, and that's so an hour and a half for me. It's like, I can barely sit still. Sometimes I'll find myself, sometimes when I do that, I get, if I'm home alone and I do that, I'll get up and like walk around and not even notice that I've done it because I'm just trying to get away from. The yeah. Way. I'm just trying to like do anything else. And I've like exhausted or <laughs> just yeah, like yeah. locked it down. So that's kind of, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I'd do. That's kind I, of I the idea. Getting up and, something like getting up and walking around though. It's probably a good thing, right? It's like, I think getting a cup of tea at home, if people are going to talk to you, but getting a cup of tea. And another thing, if I'm out in public, I I have really good noise cancelling headphones. They're pretty, they're actually a pretty good tool in this game Mm. because they stop, people are less likely to talk to you 
I mean, this all sounds terrible, like I'm a bad human being, but it's not that you don't ever want to talk to people. It's that you want to manage when people talk to you and you want to separate your day into chunks of dedicated, solid programming work or whatever type of work it is you do if you're like a designer or something. And then time communicating with other people and you want to basically separate those out and have as much i mean after an hour and a half you pretty much got to do something else you can't like walk away for like two minutes and then be like right another hour and a half yeah yeah. you've got to spend i mean i I don't know what what sort of gap so he like this book he got the guy saying two hours what is what do you what's the rest time or downtime period half an hour or yeah about that i think i feel like five or ten minutes isn't long enough sort of half an hour minimum and and, you know if and it's but what's really interesting is if you do what I just described, for me, when I did that, the amount of work I got done. So if I took like an eight hour day and I did that, and so I did like an hour and a half, half an hour break, an hour and a half, half an hour break. By lunchtime, I'd have done all the work I'd normally have done in a day, mm. like consistently, because you're just so, re- you're more efficient. I mean, first of all, you're working more time because you're not distracted. So the, the number of hours that you're actually working on important work goes up, the yeah. number of minutes. Yeah. But then secondly, you get all the benefits of its continuous time that's uninterrupted, which is like no context switching. Yeah. And just like it it I can do a full day's work in four hours is what I discovered when I tried this. But the only the only downside is that if you try and work longer than eight hours, which a lot of like I regularly work longer than eight hours at the moment. It's not very possible doing this because you just your brain just gives up. It's like yeah. I have done so much work. Like it's almost like there's a finite amount of work in you for me, and I just can't go beyond that. I'm just I'm just done. I get I get to the end of the day, and I'm like I'm I'm cream crackered, and I yeah. cannot do any more work at all. So it's it's a bit. I, mean, I that's that's fine. I guess you've just squeezed all the work out of you, and then you can go. Yeah, just in a smaller smaller run of time. Yeah, which is yeah. So I, I guess in the ideal, like you say, in the ideal scenario. You, yeah, you're going to be pretty isolated and removing all of your distractions, whether it's notifications or things that you could uh, do instead of the work. Yeah. Um, obviously, most people don't work from home most of the time. You know, they're in, a, in an office day to day. Yeah. W- what would you say to those people as to what they could do to, to help? Yeah, um, that's... That's much harder. So I guess the first step, so the easiest thing to do is to protect yourself from yourself. So that's like the stuff on notifications. You can you control your phone, presumably, and doing some stuff, locking down things on your PC. So you can probably shut Skype or Slack or whatever. And maybe you can install some software, hopefully, if you have admin, where you can make that automatic. So you just press a button and it happens. And you yeah. can block certain sites from yourself, maybe. Depends where you work and what you yeah. say. But you can pro- those things are easy. Then the next thing is stopping other people from distracting you. So there's a few ways they can do it. One is they can physically get up and walk over to you. That's probably the hardest one to avoid. Yeah. They can arrange meetings with you. Yeah. Meetings are such a strange thing. Like when you go to work for the first time in, in a corporate culture and they have, you know, outlook calendars or google calendar basically what a google calendar is it took me years to realize this but google calendar is a blank canvas of all your time and other people can book you out more or less without your consent well if you were the way that most people behave it's more or less without their consent so you have to accept you more or less have to accept because that's like the social norm you notice it more with senior people that they're and certain certain people they're more likely to decline yeah and i'm actually or they'll shorten meetings and stuff because they know. So if you have lots of meetings, one thing you can do is try and put them 
together. Yeah. So that you get a solid chunk of time to code. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what the other thing... People walking over, I mean, that's hard. You, the only thing you can do there is have a chat with those people and try and establish like a cultural norm of where you're working, of this is how you work. Yeah. But that's... In some scenarios, like if you work in a small company, you could just... And if you do it from day one, yeah, come in and you say, this is how I work. You know, like if you see that I'm sat here with my headphones on, just, you know, wait until I've got them off or something. Yeah. Then that's more... And again, I guess in a small company, that's, you know, these sort of things are a lot easier to enforce. Well, not enforce, but, but suggest, right? So it's like headphones on, I'm busy headphones off you know i'm happy to chat type yeah thing. i've seen people in my first job they had po- they had like a post-it note they could put like or some sort of thing on their desk that they could flip to be like uh, okay don't come but i think uh one thing i've seen paul graham write somewhere is that the threat of someone being able to talk to you that's why a lot of programs really like working late at night or really early in the morning especially well, late quiet. at night yeah because yeah, it's not only that you won't get interrupted but you know you won't so then you don't even think about like you can't you can't be if it's 3 a.m Ain't nobody going to bother you. And that's actually why I think sometimes if you've ever had like a really late night coding session, that's why way more gets done in those times because there's no like, oh, is Jeff going to come over? Because Jeff's in bed. Yeah. yeah. He's tucked his kids in and he's gone. So it's kind of like, yeah, that that is. So yeah, knowing you're not going to be interrupted is interesting. Yeah. I hadn't really thought of that. But yeah, that that just that confidence that, you know, no one's not, no one's in the office now because everyone's gone. Yeah. Even if you're in just an hour later than everybody else. Yeah, right? yeah. So I've started working early, uh, but I think that's to do with getting a bit older, I think, as well. Mm. <laughs> but I didn't, I wouldn't have done it in my youth, but that's quite good because there's just no one around and you, yeah. like the people I work with won't be working until sort of eight or nine. So you can get a couple of hours and you can get a head start on the day. But yeah, it's, and Slack as well is another thing where you have to, you can't just turn off Slack if your boss is. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, especially if you work remotely, that can be a bit of a problem. Yeah, so it's kind so of. So the interesting, the interesting thing about that, I was going to mention it earlier, but didn't. I think something that I noticed that some people did use quite effectively on Office Communicator, the precursor to Skype for Business, was the statuses of themselves. Yeah, like busy. And... So it's had like I think it had like active. Uh, sorry, available, busy, in a meeting, do not disturb, and no, one of the features. No yeah. And what was interesting about that was that I think if you use those correctly, it can actually be quite powerful. So, for example, do not disturb. So, there were two things about Office Communicator that were quite interesting. So, it had those, and the do not disturb meant nobody could message you, and you wouldn't get any notifications until you turned it off. Yeah. But the other cool benefit about that was that you could categorize people as to how important they were. To be note, so then you could always be notified if that particular person decided to message you. Yeah, that's good. So you know that sort of fine grained control of that those a those statuses, which you could think of as priorities, and b then who you assigned to each one, gave you a bit more flexibility on that. And what I've noticed with Slack is that people generally just don't use that status thing. It's either green and you're online, or it's it's uh, hollow, which means that you're offline. Yeah, but I think it does have. It definitely does have other statuses that you can use. There is like a do not disturb, but again, it's not set up very well. You have to do it per channel, per uh, workspace. So if you're on three or four workspaces, right. you've got to do it. You've got to do it them all, and it because they're all distinct, aren't they? Yeah, and it's. I know what you mean. Actually, the, the tooling for this stuff is not very good at all. Another thing you can do is give people a break glass. So you say, "I'm going to turn off Skype, but if you need me." 
text me yeah. or like call me. Yeah. Calling is probably the best one because yeah. people aren't going to call you on a whim. People aren't going to call you and say, what colour do you think this button should be? Yeah. Because like, it would be crazy, but they will slack you and yeah. just randomly... Again, because the friction to performing that method of communication is so low, yeah. the slack of optimised for that, that people will just ask you anything because it's like it's not a big deal, right? Yeah. It's not hard work. Yeah. Like with a, the interesting thing about things like Skype for Business, which you might think of negatives, but could in this context be positives, is that you actually have to start the conversation with somebody. So you'd have to be like, find the person, start the chat and be like, hi, and then this question. Yeah. Whereas with Slack, because everything's persistent, if you've ever spoken to that person before, they show up. You know, they're going to be there and you can just be like, you know, yeah, you're right. There's less of that formality. So it's just, you're just like, what's the, you know, what should the color of this button be? Enter. Yeah. There's none of that high, you know, even emails before all of this, emails are easier to ignore. Mm. Although it depends, like some people still live on email. I mean, in in an email, the same old saying calendar, anyone can schedule your time. Email is like a to do list where anybody can add things into your to do list and you have no control over who adds things. And Mm -hmm. then you have to arbitrage these tasks that people have added and even say, I'm not doing that, I'm ignoring that, or I am going to do that. So basically, your task list is just this ad hoc to do list that other people are putting things in your to do list. Mm. Weird. When you think about it like that, you're like, that doesn't seem yeah, like a great Yeah, I know system. a lot of people that think of email just as a to-do list. I don't really use email that way, but... I don't think... But it, it, it kind of is. Like, something... So, like, anything that comes into your inbox, it will either have an action for you to do or it won't. So, it might just be, like, a promotional email and you'll unsubscribe and ignore it. Mm. But first of all, you, you had to do that. and sec- But second of all, someone could come in and say... You could get an email from your bank being like, oh, your card's been fraud. Oh, sorry, you're talking about personal email. Sorry, I thought you were talking well, about work email. Or even, even work. Like someone could message you and be like, there's an issue with your software doing this. And it's it's basically, you're gonna you, there are certain things that people can email you that you more or less have to do. If the CEO of your company emails you and says, blah, 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 I need this. Yeah. You kind of, you have a choice on whether you do everything, but realistically. But I think the point, the point is that the expectation of the sender is different, right? So, yeah, okay. I agree that every email will generally have some action. Um, whether not, it, not all of them, but some. But, but yeah, well, no, even reading them, I guess, is you have to decide to read them. But, um, yeah. you know, it's the expectation of the sender is different, right? So if, if your CEO sends you an email being like, I need this thing, I still think you're within your rights to not action it immediately. Now, if he communicates with you another way as well and says, by the way, I've sent you this email, I need you to look at it ASAP, yeah. I think that's different. Yes. But... I think if, if people are sending you email, they're not expecting a quick reply. So it's either where I found it quite useful is in like big, big discussions involving a lot of people where we're actually trying to ag- agree something quite complicated. In some ways, email is better for that because you can you can have sort of a longer you can have longer to think about your reply. Mm. So rather than in Slack where everybody's going nuts thinking about things, you know, very very quick moving. Yeah. The thing, nice thing about email is because it's a bit slower, or people are waiting in turn to reply almost. Yeah. Then you can have a a bigger chunk of time when you have your time uh, to say, well, I've spent ten minutes thinking about my, you know, trying to reason about my point of view rather but- than just being like we should do this and enter, and then it's like. People are like, oh, this is a terrible idea. At least you've had an opportunity yeah, to justify it. it's more considered. Like the Linux yeah. mailing list or like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, they, they will write like, a, you know, a few paragraphs. And that's what's quite nice about, you know, if you've ever read any of those emails, it's generally quite civil, but it's also, you know, there feels like there's always a lot of detail in those emails. Oh, not, yeah. not like one-liners. No, 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 they've clearly spent 
sort of at least 20 minutes putting each email together yeah. maybe more another benefit again and for me that's another benefit of, of email that's not to say email should be the primary communication but you know related to being focused at work the fact that it's asynchronous and the fact that then you when you have the time you can spend more time you haven't missed the boat because mm. that's the other problem right if you're focusing say you're doing your hour and a half and this conversation on some big architectural decision is going on on Slack and you've just not been on it or you've been saying, look, I'm not going to be on it you know, for this next period. Yeah. The, the other risk there is the missing out of actually yeah. being able to contribute because they're like, oh, this is already sorted. And now you've come in an hour later yeah. with your you, you know, opinion. What's hard is if you don't control the culture, then the, you, you, you can be at a disadvantage for... You'll be more effective at programming, but you'll lose out in other ways. Whereas if mm. you're in a company that really like embraces that culture they presumably wouldn't do that because yeah. they'd be like let every every conversation we have you kind of need half a day to just yeah let everyone catch back up again because you don't know who has who has and, hasn't and i guess it. with sort of more strategic or architectural decisions these problems become more important as you get more senior right so as a, as a junior person coming into a team you know a lot of these things are in some ways easier to apply in some ways not because you're new but you know it's more uh, you're doing this task and you can literally, you know, you can sort of unplug and get your head down and do it yeah. and say, I've done it. Whereas when you're more senior and people are looking to you for strategy or mm-hmm. direction, you have the feeling, or I definitely have the feeling of, I need to be, I need to be sort of available all the time to either contribute or yeah. be dragged into things where people think that I can add value because yeah. missing those it's part of your job. Negative, yeah, yeah, it's part of your job to do that. And this is why management, we did talked about it last week, but this is why management's so hard because basically that's sort of what happens. You, mm. You're you less just like, just build this thing. But it's interesting because like, to me, this doing the, doing like focus work like this is almost like a super, it's like a dev superpower. Like you can all of a sudden, your productivity can go up by, I, I don't know exactly how much, but at least well, one and tw- a half. You guess twice, right? By, by yeah, like- I think twice is an unreasonable. One and a half, two times. That's a lot. It, mm. and it, But it comes with these trade-offs of, you know, if you've got a bunch of devs that are doing that, that you need quick responses or you need support, like, su- you know, they're doing support. It's not going to yeah. work. So you you have to sort of, probably the optimal, like if dev speed's important, you probably need some developers doing this, maybe on a rotor. It is, it's dif- it's That would difficult. be really interesting. I have never seen that, but that, I think that would be a no. very good idea. There's a quote that stuck with me. I was going to look it up, but I actually remember it. Well, don't, I don't know why, but um, from Joel Spolsky, who started Stack Overflow and Trello, that right. guy. So he gives his programmers um, individual office rooms with a door. So all programmers in his company, I, I don't know if it's still the case, but they did. So they, they have an office with a door. Yeah, like old school, right? Yeah, kind of old school, yeah. But not open plan, not cubicles. So, and he said, he was talking about people getting in the zone and he was talking about like what does and doesn't. And he said, we don't really know what gets people in the zone. Like sometimes it happens and people will get in the zone all of a sudden and they'll do like way more, all the, all their best work will get done when they're in the zone. And we don't really know what gets people in the zone, but we know a list of a thousand things that gets them out of the zone. Yeah. So all you can really do is try and eliminate those yeah. because cause some days as well, like you could do everything I described and you're just not feeling it. Yeah. Like it's, oh, there's, a, there's just all you're tired or like, you know, almost everything has to be right and the stars need to align. And then all of a sudden you'll do a bunch of really good work 
and then you might not do that much for the rest of the day. It's kind of, it can be a bit start stop sometimes. I mean, you definitely have on and off days anyway, right? Regardless of yeah. the other distractions. But it's really interesting about um, that quote there that you mentioned from that Joel guy because you know, open plan offices are just the de facto at the moment. Yeah. But, but I think they are now, you know, people are doing a lot more research into how that they're actually not a good idea. There's a lot. There's on Hacker News all the time. They're yeah. like, these are terrible and we need to get rid of them. And I think for these types of pursuits, they are really poor. The problem is, is that I just think it, it can never happen realistically in uh, across the entire industry because there are too many other factors like, real estate costs yeah and you know you know efficiency of space that i mean that's the only i think that's the only reason open office became as popular as it did people Mm. could see that they could cram in you know managers management or you know the real estate guys could see that they could fit in a lot more people in a lot smaller space and that was the primary driver it's got to be a big big part of it i I mean maybe they tried to sell it as like more communication and yeah but yeah what i could see though is more of the so if you've ever been in a we work the way they do it, I think, is a pretty good um, medium. Uh, pretty much, pretty good in between of completely open plan and individual offices. Mm-hmm. So their offices are quite small, but they have variable sizes and everything's glass. Mm-hmm. So it feels quite open, but actually everybody has their own individual space. Right. So you could imagine as, say, you took a WeWork size office, but just had your company in it. You could be like, well... You guys are a team of 10, so you have a 10-person office. You guys are a team of six, you have a six-person office. So your team is together, mm. and you get the benefits of the being able to talk to each other quite easily, yeah. if, if that's important. But you get the isolation of not hearing everybody else you know, chatting away about their thing that you're not interested in. Yeah. Now, obviously, immediately, you're like, well, now we've got 11 people, and that's a nightmare. But I wonder whether that more flexible office space and i think because all the walls are glass it means that they can move them quite easily yeah i think it means that if if you were you know if they needed to combine two sixes into a 12 it's not like knocking down a wall i think it's just a case of taking some glass out their use of glass is basically quite pivotal for their like business yeah because i mean they cram they cram people in like you remember a mile our our office there was five of us in there and it was small. So so what WeWork seem to have done, I've listened to a couple of things about it, but what they what they've really I don't know if they pioneered it, but they're certainly the first ones to do it at scale is they'll take an office, like quite a big floor plan, and then they'll chunk it up into lots of rooms, but all the walls are made of glass, which means that even if you're in a room that isn't directly near a window, yeah. it feels you still get some sunlight, yeah. so it doesn't feel terrible. So if, yeah, so if you think of the office that we had, mm. that was in the center. There was we weren't by yeah, a you window, weren't by an external but wall. it never felt no, it was dark. fine. It felt com- fine, completely fine, which is weird, right? Well, I actually hadn't thought of the fact how far away from window yeah, you were pretty far. From we window. were really central, yeah. Um, and obviously they've then got so the other thing they have, which is quite useful. We work, and I think companies should do this. They have individual little rooms for people to take phone calls. Some people call them... I've heard them called month booths. That's oh, okay. When I was at one of my old jobs. Fair yeah, yeah, I know the things you mean. Yeah, they're really... They're good. Because that's oh. the other thing, right? Is that the distractions... Another distraction is just other people talking about stuff that isn't relevant to you, right? But your natural human instinct is to listen. Or for me, anyway, I yeah. find it very hard not to. Yeah. So when you've got some, you know, some brash American yeah. chatting on the phone to his wife or something. Yeah, eating a sandwich. Yeah, and you're like... 
that's just not acceptable. We love Americans still, but yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I love America, but <laughs> but you know they they have a tendency to be on the louder the louder suck scale. Yeah. But having places that people know they can go and you don't and, and the other thing about it, you don't have to reserve them. It's just if they're free, you can go in there. Yeah. That's, close the door. That is good. Um, my and, and my co-working doesn't have those, and I've complained because I, I think actually because yours is very open. Yeah, it's to very the point open. where you could probably hear somebody from the opposite side of the atrium bit, right? And downstairs. Yeah. Uh, so like, yeah, it's pretty. The headphones are very required there. Yeah. But I think I think there are ways to optimize the office to be not single person offices because I don't think those are practical unless the you know the management you, are really bought in. You, but there are definitely ways to optimize for that. And WeWork have done a pretty good job. They yeah. you know lots of small meeting rooms. You don't need lots of like boardroom style meeting rooms like a lot of corporate places do. You need a lot of you need a bigger number of places where four or five people can go. I think probably something you could do to start off with is separate people, even if it's on an open plan. So um, one of the guys that used to work for me took a job working uh, as a coder in really close proximity to a whole bunch of traders. Oh, dear. And he was just saying, like, they would put their headsets on and they'd walk up and down behind him yeah, on the phone. wireless like, headsets. Oh, oh, my God. And then he was by the kitchen and it just sounded like he, he was basically saying it was hell on earth to him because he'd worked from home for three years and yeah. was thinking, ugh. But, wireless headsets are another issue with that. People wandering around and just shouting. I, I think just separating people that... Because not everybody in an office... Like, if you're in a company, the way the CEO or the way that managers work... The, none of this really applies to them except for they need to understand that their more junior staff or their engineers or their designers could benefit from this stuff mm-hmm. but their day-to-day i think that's part of the problem there's a lot of disrespect for this stuff is because senior people don't you know they'll have a day that it's just back-to-back meetings yeah. and when your days are like that it just runs itself there is no i'm going to get in the zone now and make sure yeah. it's not a thing yeah you're right i think um I, yeah I, I touched on it before i suppose but where i am versus where you are as a junior, the requirements are definitely different, right? So as a junior guy, you definitely want to be able to focus a lot more. Yeah. Or just, you know, just a dev. Whereas when you're involved more in general discussions about strategy and stuff, you need to be, you're just not, you're not going to be in a situation where you're like, I'm just in this for an hour and a half. Yeah. Can you just leave me alone? It depends. It depends what you're hired to do. If you're, if you have more management-y, meeting-y stuff that you're expected to do. I mean, if you, if your main output is like code and good engineering, then I've seen a lot of those people who are really expected to do that, but they still get pulled into meetings, which yeah. disrupt them and they get... So I think there's an element of like maybe you can just decline to do some of those things, and I have met people that do that. And, and it com- comes back to our last episode with with how the manager helps with that stuff, right? Mm. If your manager's like, look, and this I hadn't considered doing this, but I would if I was in that position again. Literally just off what you're saying, you know, new people, you go, like, look, you're going to get invited to meetings because the business are always going to invite the people they're talking to, but you, you, you are allowed to decline and invite me as the manager instead yeah, something like that that's right? that'd be really great. that'd be really good and nobody's ever done that to me but i i would be tempted to do that if if they were in the situation where i knew they were getting called into lots of relatively pointless meetings i think meetings are okay if you can batch them up and you can say if you've got a lot keep of, them short as well keep them short and say you know 12 till 1 or like i don't know 11 11 till 12 i do all my meetings for the day or like you know 10 till 12 but it depends on the person but I have met some people who go into organisations that really aren't set up for this stuff. They tend to be a bit more senior and quite technical. And they're just like, no, I don't think so. I don't think I'm going to do any of this stuff. Like yeah. I'm just, like at the end of the day, I'm measured by the my output. Like 
I'll go to enough stuff so that I understand exactly what it is I need to be building. But anything beyond that yeah. is a waste of time because what you really want me to, what you're paying me for is to build this stuff. And any time that I'm, you know, not near my computer. But I think there's a cultural change that needs to take place. So what's interesting about meetings, um, I haven't really had this for a long time, but at my first place, every Wednesday afternoon or something like 1pm, we had a weekly team meeting because mm-hmm. we had people across the... Oh, uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but what was really weird about that meeting is, A, it wasn't movable because we had uh, people in the US getting in early and yeah, people yeah. in Hong there's, Kong... There's only late. like one or two hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I found about that, speaking about focus, is that after about 11, I'd be like, well... I've got this call in two hours that's going to interrupt me. So you sort of you're sort of winding down because you're like, I'm, there's no point yeah. getting much done. No, yeah, like I I had that. So just before we came here, I was like, shall I start some more work? But then I was like, we're probably going to leave in a minute. So <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe I can find something small. But it's yeah, it's knowing that you're free for a chunk of time ahead of you is quite nice. Yeah. It can be quite... Well, that's good. what I mean. So then you're like, you've got the inefficient... You've, you're out of focus from the fact that the meeting's happening for an hour, but then there's definitely at least some time before that mm, where you're just like... Definitely. You know, well, I might as well go get lunch and I might as well, yeah. you know, go and chat to my mate over there because what? we're all going to be doing this meeting in an hour or 20 minutes. So there's no point in me doing any actual work. And then you loot that's more inefficiency. Something you can do, I've just realised in these type of meeting heavy cultures, is you can block out time in your calendar just, to do work. Yeah, and people won't, people will never question why it's all booked out. They'll yeah. just be like, oh, he's busy. He's busy, yeah, yeah, doing or she's busy doing work stuff. But actually, it's just dev. Because most people, in big organisations, particularly if you're using something like Exchange or Outlook, you you can, you don't have to share what the thing is. No, it just say busy. Just say busy. So, yeah. you know, I completely agree with that. I've never, I've never done that, but. I definitely think that's a good tool. If if your if your calendar just says nine till twelve busy, everyone's gonna be like, "Wow, he's got a lot of meetings that morning." No one's ever gonna be like, "What's he actually the, doing?" The reality is, though, you could have two hours of meetings a day and do six hours of dev. And working day is about eight hours, so you could have six hours of dev and two hours of meetings. And two hours of meetings to me, if they're efficient and short, is quite a bit. So mm. I'm not even saying that you need to be a hermit and you should never. Like obviously, we've discussed requirements of depth. You depth. You need to speak to people to figure out yeah. what the right or wrong software is to build but i think controlling the times I mean, it's not always possible but if you can controlling the times you do it and blocking it in a in a batch or having a day having to be like friday's meeting the problem is though that real world kicks in and yeah. you need to speak to people throughout the week or whatever it is and also you know for, for for more junior people it's going to be difficult to be like i can't do that meeting then and they'll be like why what are you doing yeah, yeah. you know i definitely you know, as somebody setting the meeting, as somebody setting the meeting, you're going to be like, look, I'll be trying to be more intelligent about it if it's with my team. And then I was like, but how would you know? Like something like um, Outlook with the meeting invite thing, it, it tells you when everybody's free and it actually, you know, shows you the best yeah, time. Yeah. So, but again, it's difficult when, if it's just guys in your team, you can just be, you can just agree. You could have, again, it's a cultural thing within the team. We say, look, we'll, we'll do all of our internal meetings mm-hmm. Tuesday morning. And then there's enough time to, the, you know, and if we need another set, we'll do it Thursday afternoon. The difficulty always comes in a big organisation is going across team where everybody works differently or you've got deep people in different regions. You know, it's it's difficult, I think, to um, it's difficult to get to this sort of nicely organised set of meetings. But I feel like there are other things in this list that you could do even in those situations. What I wanted to ask you at back to what you said earlier which of the of the things you've preached 
mm-hmm. which which did you find easy to integrate into your uh, working sort of culture and which ones do you find you have to try a lot harder in? So the phone is easy. Yeah. Uh, well, it's not easy because we're all, well, I'm perilously addicted to mine, but in theory, it's easy and you completely control it. So that one's quite good. And locking down the software on my Mac is pretty easy. And having, I use focus, I press the button. You can say like, I'm going to do an hour and a half session and it sets a timer and then it will close all the apps. You can program, you get fully programmable. You can be like, close these apps and it won't let you open them again. So you can say, just shut these things, block these sites. So that stuff's like the easy, the easiest stuff. Then I picked, well, then I went remotely and working remotely, if you want to do this stuff, is one of the big advantages of working remotely that you control more about your environment. So you can do this stuff. So I can work from home. As it happens now, I go to the office nearly all the time, but I have an office where I basically don't get interrupted because I don't work with any other people there. They're just other people working. Yeah. And most of them just don't interrupt me because they don't know me well enough. Yeah. Occasionally. Very occasionally I get interrupted, but maybe like once a week. Right. So, so yeah, those are the things that are the easiest that have stuck. But I don't use them. Um, recently, I started communicating for the projects I'm working on on WhatsApp. So I have WhatsApp on my desktop. Yeah. And that's bad news because now yeah. you're getting work-related stuff and everything else in one place and it's all just gone wrong. So Yeah, I think using using personal chat software for work stuff is a yeah. system for disaster. I think it's it, not a good idea. No. Yeah. I need to change it. Um the other thing I the other thing I like doing is my headphones are massive. I have like the higher end noise cancelling headphones are seriously actually in this fight, especially if you work on an open plan, you'll be surprised the difference that makes. Do you listen to stuff as well or do you just have the noise cancelling? So if I'm doing it properly, I'll get a soundtrack. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah. No 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 voice. Even yes, yeah. yeah. So so sometimes the Tron Legacy album, which yeah. we're a big fan of. Daft Punk. We can we can link the other Daft Punk for the Tron film. Which is a really good one, but I've listened to it so much that I actually can't listen to it anymore. <laughs> so then I like I listen to a lot of Hans Zimmer. Yeah. Who's again quite good and it makes you feel epic as you're coding. They both do actually. Yeah. You feel yeah. like you're on a mission, you're on a journey, <laughs> you've got to get to the end, which is quite it, it definitely helps a little bit. It gives you a little bit of a boost. I completely you. agree though, if if you have to listen to music, which I don't when I'm working, yeah. Do one, not with the ones without uh vocals are the only ones I could listen to. So I listen to music about 80% of the time when I'm working, so nearly all the time. Mine is the entirely opposite, maybe 10 or 5%. Really? Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I, f- I, find, the, I find the buzz of a, an office part, part of what helps me focus. Really? Yeah, like, uh, obviously, direct people directly talking to me is, is, is going to interrupt me, or people directly talking near me might be interrupting, but the general sort of buzz um of the office i find is what helps me get into the zone mm-hmm. um that's interesting because for me you don't have noise cancelling headphones but just not have them playing music i don't own any noise cancelling headphones that'd be interesting to try that might be quite good for you because it you can still hear it but it's re- it will become maybe a yeah, third of the volume yeah. which and also is a signal to other people to not interrupt you yeah and I mean, some of these headphones, the ones I have are so good that someone could be stood next to you. I wonder if we could get Bose to sponsor this podcast. If you're listening, Bose, or, or Sony, actually, have got a good pair. They're, they're, there's the two <laughs> of the ones. I don't know about in-ears, but the two over-ears, over yeah. yeah. 
the the QC thirty fives are the t- are really good, and then there's Sony Sony W one thousand or something I think right. they're called. They're they're also very good, and they're yeah they're I mean on planes they're amazing, but you could use those without actually listening, mm. and it would be it might but it depends because it's everybody's different. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, which is obviously the, that's the other difficulty with this sort of stuff, right? Is that unless you spend some time looking at it and thinking about it, you don't know what's going to work for yourself. Yeah, what humans are very bad at is is recognizing when there's a problem with this stuff. I think if you can do that, you like you're different and I'm different, but like if you if you start thinking about it and being like, "Oh, actually I am getting interrupted 10 times a day and I didn't even think about it before," then that then you can start to do things to systematically because another thing I was going to say is I think you're probably quite good at this stuff because of because you have quite a lot of willpower and there's a lot of studies and which we have borne no evidence of as usual. <laughs> but I have read lots of things saying that a lot of scientists think that willpower is a sort of finite resource. Right. So like there's only so if you're on a diet and you're going to the gym every day and you're not spending money and you're paying attention to all of that, then you might struggle to deep work because you're like, well, you know, I'm doing all this stuff. You just can't That's interesting. I I haven't heard that, yeah. And it kind of makes sense, like when you think about it, like often if you try super hard at one thing, another thing goes. So mm. you kind of you kind of struggle. But I think one thing you can do in life in general is is make things systematic. So they just happen for free. And so a lot of these things with notifications, you do them once. You don't yeah. need to wake up every morning and think, today I won't look at my notifications. Yeah. You just think, well, they're not going to come through. So you're not going to be tempted. So, And I think that is probably the biggest thing is to spot things which aren't working or that are causing problems, which you may have not noticed before, and then systematically try and find... But not all of, like, don't just have your phone not on silent and be like, I'll just ignore them. That's like, yeah, that's like a terrible. That's like, like, uh, that's like pretending with yourself that you're going to do that, right? But it's it's very hard to actually physically do that. Yeah. The last person I struggle with with all this stuff is actually my wife, Mm -hmm. uh, because on WhatsApp she doesn't quite. I maybe I can get her to listen to this conversation, but I think she. Expect she had, there's an expectation that I'll reply to her WhatsApps quite quickly. So right. some of this pro- protocol we've discussed is not really gonna it's not gonna work because I I need to reply to her quickly. But then in WhatsApp, then I'm opening myself up to all sorts of other people, yeah. and it's just it's it's hard. Because- I guess during work hours, it, it yeah, it's less so. But yeah, I mean, it, it's always difficult with somebody like that that's asking you stuff or needing you know just chatting as well right like yeah. somebody like your wife or a close friend it, it's it's again it's a, it's just a decision you make right whether you do reply or you don't but there yeah. are obviously consequences to doing that either way right? yeah i think with most so another really weird thing that's happened with all this is um one of the guys who introduced me to the book is in my co-working with me and there are some other people that uh, are co-working that are kind of into this him and i are into it the most mm. and he he's actually better he's quite a bit better at it than i am i would say and he, we sometimes go weeks where we'll be in the office three or four days in common and we won't speak to one another because our, because our protocols basically mean that we're like ships in the night. We yeah, just yeah. Don't, you know, I'll see him and think, well, I don't want to be the guy that walks out. I know what he's doing yeah. because he introduced me to the book. So I'm not going to go over there and say anything. And you him. might just then never cross over where yeah. you could talk to each other. Yeah. Yes. I had a chat with him because he was chatting to someone else and I had to just bar. I had to bar. I know the other guy as well, but I had to just be like, oh, hey guys, how's it going? Yeah. Because I could see that they weren't working. But so many days, him and I will both just be working all day and 
you know, when you're in the zone as well, you don't notice if someone gets up. Yeah, so, yeah, and you don't want to stop, and it's like, oh, it's kind of that is a that's a negative, I guess. It's a negative, yeah. But it's it's an interesting the and the other thing I wanted to say is that for me, and I think this is probably a personal thing. When I tried this stuff, it made me a lot happier at, okay. at work, and maybe that kind of trickled over into life. But I felt so when I am doing the sort of job you were talking about, where you know you're needed and you you have to respond to things i actually have noticed i'm quite a lot more unhappy doing that sort of thing as a person i just whereas if you're like six hours a day you can just sit and code and no one's going to interrupt you that's brilliant that's like i just like that a lot more i struggle and i didn't really notice this until i tried it and then i was like oh my god i feel way better so maybe for some people listening they'll feel the same and maybe some people won't feel that way i think it i don't know yeah it's it's so personal right it's hard to know which way people f- feel on that stuff i reckon a lot of people will feel you just feel less stress because you're in control of everything so i think there's just less anxiety because there are less variables and less things to worry about that's kind of what, what it is for me mm. it's just like what am i going to do today i'm going to spend eight hours coding and get a bunch of stuff done what else is going to happen today not a lot it's like yeah. it's that's quite good for me i think i think manage chaos in the rest of the time is also okay because you know what's happening it's just when you have those days where you were hoping to do a bunch of like coding and then you get home at the end of the day and you're like that did not go to plan i think those days i find really difficult to deal with yeah they are tough and i I suppose it's part of the expectation on you as well right like you know from the people you work with and yourself like you say you know you you can set these arbitrary deadlines to be like, oh, I'd like to have this done by the end of today. And then, like you say, you get dragged into something else or, you know, just what for, get distracted with a different part of the code base and you come back like, oh, I haven't got time to do that now. And mm. it, it's frustrating. Um, but I think I think if for me, if as long as I've made progress somewhere, I'm, I'm less bothered about focusing on a particular, like having to solve a particular problem. Mm. You know, I'm happy that that problem still exists and I'm still going to have to solve it. And as long as it's not, you know, if it's a really complicated one, I need to spend some time to think about it. That's the bit that finds I find stressful. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I have a complicated thing to do and I know how I'm going to at least attack it, I'm happy to, if that ends up being delayed, I'm not as bothered because I'm like, I have a potential solution in mind. It's yeah. the, you know, part of that is the unknown of how to solve a problem. And that's, you know, you mentioned it earlier, but it's that thing of then being like, ooh, this needs some thought. Let me actually, you know, let me just read Ars Technica or let me just read yeah. Packet News because you're trying to not think about it. Because part of it, you know, I re- I'm a big believer of, um, I guess whether this is on topic or not, but I'm a really big believer in uh, your downtime helping you process that problem. Definitely. Yeah. So, you know, you know, if you've got a difficult problem to solve, staring at it for four hours isn't going to help. But what you should do and what I try to do not so much in the current place, but in the previous place, was look at some problems towards the end of the day and then just not consciously think about thinking about them. Yeah. There's a lot of thinkings in that sentence. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, yeah. But I just know. have them there, have read them. In the or, back of your mind. And then just, just let just let them stew overnight. Mm. And and I found that... I've never... D- I, I acknowledge that this is a thing that happens, mm. but I have never willfully moved my days around to try and take advantage of it like that no i i mean it it was only when i was uh in the startup that i really thought about it that again that was because i felt i was under i had so little time during the day to think about them i was like 
and actually sit there and you know quietly think because mm. it's that for me you know it's the thinking time is more important than the doing time in terms of contiguous space yeah. um so yeah I, I, it was something i just sort of tried and didn't you know didn't even i don't think i even really consciously thought about doing it it just worked happened that way a couple of times and i thought oh yeah i've i've sort of thought about a way to process it overnight and then tried to exploit it more i haven't done it like i say as recently because i haven't been as pressured with my time during the day but- yeah i do it a bit and what i'll do is i'll delay a piece of work that i know i don't quite know how to do so i'll put all the easy ones at the front yeah and i'll look at the harder one a bit and think mm, not quite sure how i'm going to do that and then i'll just leave it for like a day or two mm. and then usually by the time i sit down to do it my brain would have like had some insights that helped me yeah. do it better but yeah I, like, sometimes i think of it like a confidence meter right like you're like this it's going to be quite hard to solve and I'm, like, I'm not quite ready to solve that yet so i'll do all of these easier things to sort of build up my little confidence yeah, yeah. and then i've got like you know my confidence bar is full i'm now going to ex- execute it on this problem and somehow again i guess part of that's being in the groove right like it's it's you've you've worked your way through some problems and you feel quite good about solving them and then that is yeah. encouraging you then to solve yeah. this more complicated I, problem i think that's a good strategy i think that's a good strategy start off it depends on the i find as well that my hours of the day are not equal, so I'm better in at solving hard problems in the morning. So sometimes I'll structure my day to take on the really meaty stuff when my energy levels are quite high and I've got like a lot of like brain power. And then in the afternoon, I'm like, right, I'll do like four easy bug fixes because yeah. like I'm just I'm just flagging a bit. And it's really important though, right? Is it's understanding as part of this focusing, it's understanding when you work best. Yeah, because like you say, your your nine to five hours they're not all equal. No. Um, and yeah, there are definitely hours that are more effective and they're not. And again, it's very specific to the individual, but yeah, yeah, knowing when you work best and then optimizing for that is, is definitely a good thing. Right? Another unexpected side effect for me is uh, hangover days. So if I'm hungover and yeah. I'm just feeling a bit, you know, I'm not, I'm not in terrible shape, but I just feel a bit like, ugh. Uh, a bit dazed, a bit dazed. Sometimes if I have a big list of easy things to do, it could be one of my most productive days because because basically my brain is too like tired to like distract itself mm. so it's like my defenses are down so it's just like the the path of least resistance in my brain is just to get on with this list of easy just get things, through the day just get through them and so if if i have the right kind of work like i you know i just need to tweak some css and you know i'm not building a big new feature actually it's quite beneficial but other times if i had to do something really difficult it wouldn't be but yeah Yeah, i think i think it's again you know people might listen to this and it a lot of it's theoretical right because you know the list of tasks that you have particularly if you work in a big organization aren't going to be as as easy to sort of maneuver yeah you might you might have an order which is basically enforced on you but um but i think there's definitely ways to to switch things around slightly like you know, unless you're really junior and they're only giving you one thing to process at a time, I mean, that would be quite bad from a management point of view because it'd be better to say to somebody, look, here's four, three or four things related in some way that you can go and work on to try and give them a bit more flexibility because as, as well as the focus on a particular problem, there's also a lot to be said about being able to contact context switch if you want to. Mm. You know, so you could spend, you know, in your example, you could spend an hour and a half on problem A and then you're like, God, I've been, you know, I'm only halfway through that, but I can't bring yeah. myself to think about that anymore. It's nice to be able to spend your next period 
doing something else. doing something else and but it's a it's a con it's a conscious context switch it's not an a somebody like an interrupt it's, it's a, not involuntary yeah yeah. I, yeah I think that is quite that can be very beneficial as well i find the other thing whilst we're talking about good hours in the day and which hours are better i find that i've noticed that exercise more than anything else changes that so yeah for me if i don't exercise for prolonged periods I've kind of read, someone told me this recently and they were talking about exercise and they were, the person was basically saying, I need to go to the gym every day because otherwise I just start to feel really down. And, this, and when they said it, I was like, oh, I think actually maybe I, for me, it's two days. If I don't do any exercise for two days, after after maybe two or three days, I just start feeling just down in the dumps. And then I'll go to the, I'll go and like for a run or something. And then I'm like, oh, great. Everything just yeah it seems like it's rosy again and it's it's a strange i don't know what i don't recall that being the case when i was younger no but now it's definitely started happening to me and i find and so what i should do is go to the gym every day for maximum coding productivity yeah the reality is yeah somewhat um less than that less than that this week's been cracking but i'm pretty sure i i would say as well as a related note on that if you're a person that struggles with mornings i.e getting to work and being productive from the start of the yeah. day, going to the gym before you go to work makes a big difference. Yes. I haven't done it very often, but when I have, I've noticed for you feel, myself. You feel holier than thou when you do that. That's <laughs> what I find. You just look at everyone else and you're like, these people probably haven't been to the gym. <laughs> you feel incredible. You're like, you feel like you're some sort But yeah, of- it's that same sort of feedback mechanism to your brain, right? But mm. regardless, you know, whether you, whenever you go to the gym, there's definitely that feeling afterwards that you, you definitely, it definitely makes you feel better. And uh, I don't know the physiological effect of how that happens but it's, it's yeah it's good right yeah just taking it's like taking a hit yeah, of, so uh... if you yeah <laughs> just adrenaline straight just to the face yeah basically but if yeah i think that, I, again that, that would be a piece of advice for me from me is you know early mornings if, if you're finding it tough mm. it means getting up even earlier but the gym will actually i feel like it it definitely has worked for me making me feel more alert in the mornings yeah and the only other thing for me is Mondays uh, almost they feel like my least productive day by quite really by um by a little chunk yeah that's interesting yeah the week doesn't start to me for me until Tuesday I just struggle on Mondays that's really interesting I don't I think it's it's something to do with the weekend and like getting you out of the groove or something. yeah and then it, it takes like a day to sort of get back far I mean it's not that like I don't do any work on a Monday but I I'm pretty sure if you were to map like even lines of code or by any metric I think I think Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday will just have more that's interesting Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday are probably my best days. Yeah. Probably Tuesday and Wednesday. So I wonder, I feel like the opposite. I, I don't mind getting in on a Monday, starting a new week fresh. And then I think by the sort of Friday afternoon, it's sort of wind down. Yeah. But both of our uh, feelings on that, it, it strongly implies that, you know, a lot of stuff that people are talking about at the moment is the four-day week. Mm. Um, perhaps less so because uh, you're a contractor. But it's interesting, right? Like if if you could... I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast or I've talked about it to you before, but if, assuming you're not going to work any more hours, if you move down to four days, mm-hmm. you know, you'd still do eight hours a day. But it it would be interesting. I wonder whether productivity would actually drop that much because of that either people are slow on a Monday or people are slow on a Friday. Yeah. Whether actually you just mean you'd net out and actually still the effectiveness of the people would still be relatively similar. So a productivity gain that I've noticed is to work less hours so if you want to produce more per unit of time give yourself less time to do it creates a sense of urgency yeah and for me that works really well so i i can 
there's some elasticity in that like what I can do in six what I can what I would do in a day in like eight hours can get done in six hours or five hours but if I have eight hours it will just fill up the eight hours there's a there's a name for that yeah there? there is I've forgotten the name I can't remember we'll it. put it in the we'll, show we'll find it out but it's like yes you, yeah your tasks expand to fill the time you have yeah and I think one of the big problems with work that I've seen written about is that when you work in an office job, there's basically an unlimited amount of work that your managers can set for you. Yep. So if you finish all the work really quickly, you can't really go home because you work in an office. So you're kind of just like stuck there, not then having any work to do. Or you can take the next set of work. Yeah, there's no incentive to do anything as quickly as you can. No. You might as well sort of do it at an acceptable pace. It's yeah. sort of the optimal. Or maybe slightly quickly so they're like, wow, Rich really knows what he's doing and he's yeah. doing a good job for us. But like, if you do it too fast, you're just going to end up doing way more work. So when you work remotely and stuff, you can perhaps bend that a little bit because it's not so obvious that you're not there. Mm. And when I've experimented in the past, just being like, right, what is it? In the morning, I'd get up and I'd be like, what do I want to do today? Like, what is an appropriate amount of work for like, today, it's a Tuesday. And then I would just see how quickly I would like turn everything off like we discussed and then I would see how quickly I could get it done. And I was shocked how fast actually I could get what I would have thought was a perfectly reasonable day's work. You can get it done really fast. If you I guess, I guess, I guess you're sort of self-policing yourself, you're self-policing yourself there to some degree. You've decided that that what might work? have taken eight hours. Yeah. But you could be underestimating anyway, I suppose. I mean, all you're really thinking about is what looks reasonable to another person. Yeah. That's kind of my yardstick. Like what, what would they expect? And actually... You just find that you can just get it done. Like it varies depending on what the tasks are, but three to five hours for yeah. me. Just because I just don't mess around. Like I'll get up at eight. I'll do two hours. It's ten. I'll do another two hours. It's, it's four hours. It's only midday. But in two two hour sessions or an hour and a half or three hour and a half ones, what's that? Four and a half hours. Yeah. You you can you'd be surprised. You would probably get. I think most people, if they tried that after a few days, they'd be doing more work than they would do in eight. Yeah, normal hours, or at least the same. But it's done, and it's only one thirty or whatever. So it's it's pretty. It's it's worth a try if you if you if you can. But not everybody. Yeah, can. it's interesting. I I was trying to think how if that would fit into the way I work, but it doesn't really. I I guess I never really think about. I think of it more as a linear list of things to do. And again, well, this is probably because I work full time, paye in in an office. I'm less bothered about when that gets done. Mm. I'm I'm more focused in doing, and I'm not saying you're not, but I'm more focused in just doing it the way I want to do it. Yeah, the right way in air quotes because obviously you can't see us. Um, so that's I, I'm more focused on doing that because I think the benefit for me is I'm more confident in what I've written more than I want to just do it in a specific amount of time. But yes. I don't, don't. I also don't. It means I just don't think about the time. What would you do with that time? There? That's the problem in that scenario. You you can't just like go home at yeah. like one thirty. So then you pretty much have to start the next thing, or you pretend like you're working, but actually you're not. But that's yeah. that's quite limited. Yeah, yeah, no, and I agree. And I think I think all it does is reinforce what we said, which is if you're working in an office full time, there is no incentive to even consider the amount of time it's going to take because it will either get done or it won't. And the question is just when it's done, not mm. how long it took to get it done. The only time that's important is if there's some uber important deadline that you're now missing. Yeah. Every other time, it's like it took me two days or it took me four hours or it took me two weeks. Nobody cares. The only time they care is if there's some critical deadline. Yeah. So for, say, 80% of the work I'm doing, I'm just sitting there being like, I want to do this this way. 
not considering how long it might take. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Do you think you've got better at this stuff as you've gone on? Like nine years in? I feel like I've got more. I think, you know, based on the way we've been talking, I feel like I'm more aware of uh when i'm when the when i'm in the zone versus when i'm not mm. and i've at least thought to you know i haven't thought a lot about it in, in anywhere near the same level as you but i definitely know you know i know when my good hours are versus my bad hours i know that there are i know that i struggle to work from home for example you know there's these pieces that i know about it but again they're more ad hoc but i definitely i definitely am more aware of it than i was when i was a student or when I first started work mm. um, where you're just trying to get stuff done and get up to speed. Whereas now it's more like, okay, you know, I've got that done and it, you know, I've lost track. I, I notice losing track of time. That's what I notice. Yeah. That's a good sign. If you, yeah. if you, if the days fly by. Yeah. That, that, that's when I notice it's been a, it's been a good day if the day's flown by for sure. Yeah. I think in the last few years I've transitioned into more what I would call a professional. Mm. So like, yeah, I've start, I've seen people in my past in my career like more senior devs who are sort of in maybe like 40 or something and they're just they just seem to have this ability to just get focused and get a lot of work done. I've seen a few people like that and I've I feel like I have I don't know what's happened whether it was reading this book or just it may just be getting older as well. I was going to suggest. I guess part of it is getting to the point where you feel like you can say no to stuff because i guess as a junior you feel under pressure to say yes to everything that seniority does help to to do this ironically mm. like not just that you know more or you're more experienced it's just being able to tell people no i'm not going to do that and not really caring or, or again being like you know like even with things like meetings being able to you're senior enough that you can suggest new times and because you're at a certain yeah. level people will be like oh well rich can't make it so actually we should probably we'll just it. rearrange it whereas yeah. oh junior guy can't make it we'll just do it then anyway and then you then that per, then he misses it then you miss out on the meeting yeah and there could actually be value in attending so it's, it's very it's it's very um it may just be that my brain's quieting down a bit i'm not sure what it is but i yeah it's in, it's interesting you don't see many younger i don't know if it's a age thing or an experience thing but you don't see I'm not sure which it is actually, but when I've seen people who are younger and less experienced, they tend to struggle with this stuff. Yeah. It may also be because the game's different. Like when, when you or I sit down to do a bunch of work, it is just sort of a case of doing it. And there isn't actually... I mean, all of this does apply as well if you do need to think. So in the book, he talks a lot about how a lot of prominent science, scientists like Einstein, they did things like this. They didn't, they didn't have like meetings or anything. They just sat in their study for like, you know, two hour chunks for like four chunks a day. Yeah. And just thought about things and did things and did And there were no distractions or a lot fewer distractions than there are now. Yeah. And I think they they probably just isolated themselves as well. Mm. And and academics actually are an interesting they they do tend not all of them, but they do tend to be given the opportunity to sort of control their own destiny and do a lot of this stuff. And Yeah, you know, for example at Imperial, right? They all had their own offices. Yes. Or that's really worst case, they they shared with one of the. Person. Do you know what? I've never thought about that. Earlier on, we basically said it's more or less impossible now for a company to have offices. But you go to university; every single senior employee yeah. at that university has an office. Yeah. Still, and I guess like maybe the way they're funded and the way money works is different. But they obviously recognise the value for the sort yeah. that sort of work. I think I think it's a good I think it's a good example of where they're willing they're willing to sacrifice, say, the real estate for the benefit of these academics being able to come up with 
great work. Because I, I guess they're just m- so much more measured. But I think it's something that people are going to latch onto and certain companies will get better at and start getting an advantage for for doing some of these things. Mm. But it is interesting. Like, I've seen the effects firsthand, and for me, it makes a massive difference. Just protecting myself from all the all the rubbish. Yeah. Was there anything else we missed? Um, yeah. I, I do not like the buzzword deep work. But um, so how old is that book? Um... At least three years old, but no more oh, okay, than so not that six old. or seven. Yeah, yeah. Within the last decade. So I think it's interesting that that's relatively new. Yeah, the guy, the guy's like really switched on. He wrote some other works about studying first, so like how how to like get a really good GPA score or something in America. Yeah, and then he wrote this one, and then he's written the one which is more general, actually, of digital minimalism, which I haven't finished. Mm. But I, yeah, there's all sorts of things you can do with the phones. There's like a there's a subreddit called uh, No Surf. Uh, Does that just about not browsing? Oh, okay. Stuff. Okay. Ironically, they have a subreddit which they all spend a lot of time in. But, yeah. But it's a bit, it's a bit <laughs> of a funny thing. But they have a guide we can link to. They have a guide that's quite good. There are some more controversial things, but the 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 quick ones are: have the first screen of your phone be things for doing things like Google Maps, Uber. You're not going to pick up Uber and be like, I'll just scroll through Uber because there's yeah. nothing to do. You either want a taxi or you don't. So yeah. it's not a danger in that. You can have it on your phone. It's fine. Things like social media. So Reddit, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snap. Well, maybe not Snapchat, but they're they're more the news for me. Yeah. Actually, it's not one that people often talk about, but I just read the news. Yeah. And actually, do you really need to read the news when nothing actually really changes? And then... Another CGP Grey... Uh, yeah. S- strong the, point. The strong Economist point. is... Which we're both fans of, I think. The Economist yeah. is good for this because what they really do is they digest all the news for the week and then put it in a magazine. And realistically, as long as you... You'll only ever be... The max you'll miss something by is like about a week. Yeah. But... You've seen it a lot with the news recently where there's been a lot of noise in the news and then actually when you break it down, you know, you go on holiday, you went you went away for six weeks and you were like, What's happened? And I was like, Well, bits and pieces, but not that much. Nothing, you know? yeah, nothing critical. But you changed. wouldn't have thought that if you were reading the news every yeah. day. So I think I do read the news quite a lot, um at work as well. But again, I guess that's that's sort of as a break. Yeah. But whether that's the right thing to do with that time, yeah, is a good question. It's diff it is difficult. And so that those things and then putting those so putting the things which are for doing stuff like Google Maps, put them on the front screen and then hide all those other bad things. Yeah. And then obviously screen time, you can set the limits, which is what I'm experimenting with at the moment. Yeah. I've given my wife the password. Yeah, you can't override it. And I can't even override it. So yeah, I, I don't have it. I don't have it that extreme, but I do have um, uh, limits on just Reddit and social networking. Yeah, I've Although done, I don't have Facebook on my phone anyway. So. No, no, neither do I or Instagram. So they're, they're mm. not on. I've, and I've also locked down the browser as well now because I found, I think it was Instagram. I deleted the app, but then continued going on Instagram. It, this is the kind of stuff oh, that gives weird. you a wormhole into your mind mm. where you realise... Like you say to people, oh, you're addicted. And they say, no, I definitely am. I'm going into a web browser. I don't even have the app. I'm going in the web browser to go and like scroll through pictures of like dogs or whatever. It's Yeah, that is impressive. I didn't. It's... Yeah, I, I definitely don't do that. So the, the thing is as well, like at least on um, your PC, you can, there's a lot, it's a lot easier to lock those things down. Yeah. The problem on I, particularly on iOS is that you're, you're at the mercy of whatever app will give you to, to do that. So so I'm actually, this is slightly controversial, but I'm serious enough about this. I'm trying it on Apple. And if I can't make it work, I'll get an Android because mm. because I you will be able to do it on there. But you actually, you can lock apps for a set period of time. You can lock apps at 
uh, access to the App Store to download apps, which may or may not be a good thing. Um, although you, I think Screen Time actually has you covered, and then you can also restrict certain domains. Yeah. So you can. Oh, in Screen Time. In a setting somewhere, but yeah, basically in oh, Screen right. Time, yeah, it's that. it's hard to find, but you can. You can say no more this domain. Oh, okay. And it blocks it for the whole phone, all browsers. Yeah, that's it's, good. It's pretty good. So I'm I'm trying that. But yeah, the PC is easy. And the other thing people do that are more hardcore is they turn their phone into grayscale. So the can whole you do that on iPhone? Yeah, you can turn that. It's an accessibility option for uh, colorblind okay. people. You can turn the whole phone so it's just black and white because it's less visually appealing and you're less likely to like pick it up to actually use it. Uh, but I've that's done really it. I've tried it twice, and both times within a day, I was like, "This feels awful." Yeah, like it feels really like drab, and I, I guess that's the point. I guess to, you're trying to make it more into an old-fashioned dumb phone where it's just functional and not yeah that, content consuming. That's in some ways like the because I think there's obviously lots of amazing content with like you know YouTube and Netflix, but it's just all these companies have a massive incentive to get your eye... They make Most of them make money out of ad revenue, and so they systematically do things. Netflix and YouTube are a really good example. Netflix especially. If you don't want to play the next video on Netflix, can you turn that off? No. No. So even if you if we're sat here and we're like, we don't want to do this... It just will, yeah. How many, more video, how many more shows do you watch a year, do you think, like episodes of things, because of that feature? It's probably like single or double digits. I'm, I, I, I always click back at that point. As a point of... Yeah, but it, it annoys me that you can't. But I think... I've, I'm sure I've read... I don't know if it was in The Economist or something where they were talking about that feature and how much it increased their viewership because people just surprised. don't bother changing it. Yeah, and you're just like... Oh, and like... Oh, if you have Sky Q or maybe Sky as well and you watch their on-demand stuff, they've implemented the same thing where it'll just be like, this next one's going to start unless you stop it. Because they've obviously seen that it's a massive win, right? And autoplay, the only good thing about YouTube is you can actually turn autoplay off. There's a, um, there's a really good Chrome extension for YouTube on the PC which stops um, suggested videos from appearing. So it basically locks YouTube down to almost like really old school YouTube. So you can see the video, you can see like your home and subscriptions. Yeah. But you can't see the next videos oh, it wants you to watch. Yeah, yeah. And it won't autoplay or anything. So yeah. it's basically... And on the home screen, videos. it always gives you that recommended list as well. Yeah, so right? it gets rid of all that crap. Yeah. Which actually, which actually, I think that drives a lot of my compulsive YouTube viewing, it, those things. Yeah. Like YouTube just knows things I like, like, you know, planes landing in heavy crosswinds. Yeah. <laughs> um, good videos. They are good videos. Yeah. I see you've been, you know, oh, is it going to land? They, they normally do. Yeah, just other things I like. Recently, can they get a hole in one in 500 shots on a par three on, on the golf course? Which is really good fun to watch, but it's just five minutes of your life, and you're like, "Is this really?" Yeah. And and that's what screen time really showed me is how you know I'm wasting a good couple of hours a day on this stuff, and it's mm. you only have so much life. So. Yeah. Yeah, but we'll we'll put some uh, links to Cal Newport's books. Yeah. So um, definitely. They they're cool. Yeah, that's fair enough. Okay, so this is the end of our series one or whatever we're calling it first 10 set of episodes um thanks for coming along for the ride yep um any any debrief that you'd like to no it's been it's been fun yeah i've enjoyed making it for the sake of making it yeah yeah i completely agree Uh, hopefully and hopefully you know at least one person's found at least one episode useful yeah and i enjoy when people ask me questions i'd sometimes just link them to an episode Someone the other day asked me about programming interviews and I just linked them to the episode on that. That's quite good. Yeah, it's really, really handy. Yeah, that's very good. Yeah. Uh, whether they listen to it, it makes or you not. look like a complete smug git, but it was, <laughs> it was still worth it. I was like, well, I have sat and talked about this for an hour and a half, so if this person really cares, they can just do that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I, you know, it's been fun to talk about it. Hopefully there's some value in them that people find. And, and we are going to carry on, I think. Yeah, um, hopefully. We're going to think about our next... If we're going to do it, we'll do another 10 and think about what we could talk about. Because I think towards the end of this, we've struggled a bit with topics. I've been surprised, actually, how many good topics we've found. I would have thought at the beginning we'd have struggled to get 10 this good. Yeah, I, I, I was... When we started, I was thinking there'd be more like the early ones where we've talked, we were talking about a technology or set of technologies, whereas actually, you know, the last three or four have been more on the soft side where, you know, culture, management, those sort of things, which, uh, and this one as well, which I think has been interesting uh, and more interesting than I thought. I thought we'd just be talking about tech, you know, tech stuff all the time. And I think having these sort of views on them for me, has made it more interesting to yeah. listen back to because obviously we have to listen back to each episode of this. Yeah, multiple and, times. Yeah, so it hasn't, it's felt definitely interesting. Now, whether, you know, and again, this is part of the reason that we'd like if, if anybody wants to give give us some feedback on where which way you think we should go. Do you like the these, these sort of softer topics or would you prefer um, more sort of hardcore, geeky, in-depth yeah, stuff? Jas can take us through his Vim settings for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not quite that geeky, I think. <laughs> Maybe if you're suicidal, but, um, you know, and that's, that's, I think having a balance between those two is what we try and do in the next series. I think, yeah. you know, talking about some cool tech stuff is good, but I think, you know, if there's any more of these sort of topics as well, that we should, we should cover yeah. because that's, that's where our experience comes in as well, right? Yeah. If there's any that anybody wants, do shout. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. Cool. That'll be the it then. Exit zero.